Um, and you have to keep records of where it goes, everything like that. And they want to dig it up and give it to farmers to put it wherever they want to without testing. And that's, you know, that's that's somewhere between foolish and criminal and uh, uh, leading toward the criminal side. Um, Here comes the National Public Radio News. Okay. okay. We're going to be on break. In just a few seconds, folks, thank you for joining us here on the Sunday Forum. Come back, 813-239-9663. We're going off to the NPR News. And probably hear something about our friend in India today. What do you think? I'll make a bet with you. Possibly, yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Join us here on the Sunday Forum this morning, 813-239-9663. We want to hear from you. See you in a few minutes. from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. Russia says Saturday's missile strikes on Ukraine's port city of Odessa destroyed legitimate military targets. And Pierre's Charles Maines is in Moscow. In a post to social media, Russia's foreign ministry spokeswoman Maria Zakharova said high-precision caliber missiles had destroyed military infrastructure in Odessa. Russia's defense ministry later clarified its forces targeted a Ukrainian warship carrying American-made harpoon rockets, as well as a factory used to repair Ukrainian naval vessels. The attack came less than a day after Moscow signed on to an agreement with the United Nations and Turkey to provide safe passage of Ukrainian grain out of the Black Sea to ease a growing global food crisis. Russian denials that violated that deal come as Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov kicks off a tour of Africa where he's expected to stress that Western greed and sanctions rather than Russia's military actions are to blame for food shortages. Charles Maines, NPR News, Moscow. Russia's missile attack on the port of Odessa is being widely condemned. Ukraine's president denounced the strikes as barbaric, but Ukraine says its preparations to restart grain exports are moving forward. A congressional delegation that included Washington State Democratic Congressman Adam Smith was in Kiev this weekend, the latest in a string of high-profile American visitors to meet with President Zelensky. Smith chairs the House Armed Services Committee, and he says Russian aggression cannot be allowed to continue. What Russia is doing here is jeopardizing peace, security, food security, and economic security globally, the world has the power to stop that. The bipartisan delegation issued a statement saying the U.S. and its allies will continue to seek ways to effectively support the people of Ukraine. In Kentucky, abortion remains legal for now. Stan Ingold, a member station WEKU, reports a judge there has blocked a trigger law banning abortion from going into effect after the Supreme Court ended Roe v. Wade. The ACLU of Kentucky says the ban violates the state's constitution. Angela Cooper is the communications director for the legal group. The judge has been very thoughtful about his deliberations. He understood the gravity of the situation for the people of Kentucky, but the trial could go on for months. Michael Johnson of the Family Foundation says the state Supreme Court should get involved. You have a single judge that is, by stopping enforcement of this law, is effectively suspending a law of the General Assembly, circumventing the will of the people and the clear will of their elected officials. Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron called Judge Perry's decision disappointing. For NPR News, I'm Stan Ingold in Richmond, Kentucky. Pope Francis on his way to Canada. His plane due to land in Edmonton today for a week-long trip aimed at reconciling with Canada's indigenous communities. Francis expected to apologize for the church's role in residential schools. You're listening to NPR News. Fire officials in California say that wildfire that began Friday near Yosemite National Park is explosive with flames being driven by hot, dry conditions. It's now one of the state's largest of the year, growing to more than 6,000 acres in less than 24 hours. Governor Gavin Newsom has declared a state of emergency in Mariposa County. The fire is threatening more than 2,000 structures and thousands have had to flee the flames. Baseball fans are making the pilgrimage to Cooperstown, New York today for the annual induction ceremony for the Baseball Hall of Fame. Vaughn Golden of member station WSKG has more. Seven players will get their plaques hung in the National Baseball Hall of Fame this weekend. Minnesota Twins and Boston Red Sox slugger David Ortiz is the most recent player to be voted in. Buck O'Neill, Minnie Minosa, Gil Hodges, Jim Cott, Tony Oliva, and Bud Fowler will also be inducted. Josh Rawich is president of the Hall of Fame. He says this year's class includes several players who broke color barriers. Buck O'Neill, who was first African-American coach in Major League history, amongst all the other incredible things he did. And then Minnie Minoso, who many people say was the Latino Jackie Robinson. 
Ortiz is the only player selected by baseball writers to be inducted this year. For NPR News, I'm Vaughn Golden in upstate New York. Cycling's premier event is drawing to a close today. The Tour de France is wrapping up with a largely ceremonial ride in Paris. Denmark's Jonas Fingergo is, is uh, poised to win after three weeks of racing. Men's racing is ending as the women's competition began for the first time in 30 years. I'm Joel Snyder, NPR News. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation, supporting creative people and effective institutions committed to building a more just, verdant, and peaceful world. More information is at MacFound.org. Hey, this is D-Rod the Poet from Poetry Is, Sundays at 8 p.m. on WMNF. Check out our community's next Poet of the Month. 15 miles of Wish You Were Here, First Gateway to Tampa, Sweet Times on the River, and a Plunge in Sulphur Springs. Nebraska Avenue, Glory of the Twenties. But Tim Canturis left before we were born. The high flume ride was scrapped for Alpine Liquors. The fancy arcade made way for a dog track. That was Gianna Russo, July's Poet of the Month. Hear the whole poem, learn more about the artist and how WMNF supports its local art community at WMNF.org. If your boat is making you seasick, you'll feel better donating it to WMNF. Our biggest donation recently came from a listener who let go of that old boat. Go to WMNFcar.org to set sail. The following is an editorial statement from the Nathan B. Stubblefield Foundation Board of Directors. WMNF supports the right to have access to safe and legal abortions. The recent Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade is devastating and harmful to our democracy and strips millions of women, non-binary, and transgender people of their full citizenship and fundamental right to bodily autonomy. Here in Florida, abortions are now illegal after only 15 weeks, making no exception in cases of incest or rape. We share the fear, heartache, and anger many of you feel right now, but this is the time to turn that anger into action. We encourage our listeners to get involved, to register and vote in every upcoming election, and to support the organizations working to protect the family planning and privacy rights of every United States citizen. To join with those organizations, go to WMNF.org forward slash row, R-O-E. All right, and we're back. We're back. And I'm proud to say we're back here today on the Sunday Forum so we can talk about these issues that are critical to each and every one of us today. And our guest today in studio is none other than Brother James Shirk. You might want, you might say, some of you might mess that up and say James Kirk. Tiberius. <laughs> James, but if you say it, say Tiberius. Let's put some respect on it. Nah, this is my main man, James Shirk, and one of my mentors in engineering, uh, dear friend. Uh, we're glad to have you in the studio with us today, man. Glad to have you in the studio with us today. Glad to be here. It's, a, it's, an, it's an honor and revelation. Thank you. <laughs> Listen, uh, for the state crew, Hey, Jim has not known. Well, he listens to the show. He listens to the show. But you know, Jim, you haven't been a part of our funk. No. Not really, no. Right, yeah, yeah. So we have we have these you know certain songs that we play, okay? That we we play so we can kind of lighten the mood a little bit. You guys ready? Yeah. And Billy, you ready? Yeah. All right. So we're going to start out with some um, <laughs> some Esperanza Spalding. I know you know. All right. Right here on the Sunday Forum, Esperanza Spalding. Yeah. 
yeah. I know that you know this is Esperanza Spalding. Hey, folks, this is, that's that's one. That's one. One down, one down. Uh, we're excited to have my main man, Jim Shirt, in the studio with us. We've been talking about these these. Human rights violations that was that we're seeing, um, and and uh, we want to kind of lighten the mood a little bit. So um, uh, let me just say a couple of things. A couple of things people don't know, they should know. Uh, my son, Walter L. Smith III, will be turning eighteen. Yes. All right. 18, 18th birthday on the 29th of July, and that's my main man. My main man, hundred grand. Now. Um, I, I also want to point out that, uh, you know, Walter has done a great job. Shout out to my son. I love you so much, son. Uh, my my wife has done a great job as well. Um, he went through the homeschooling program. And let me tell you, Walter has maintained a 3.8 GPA. Yeah, okay, man. 3.8 GPA, man. Yeah. I mean, and not taking any soft subjects either. This boy took chemistry. <laughs> geometry, chemistry, and and algebra two, all in the same semester. I mean that that was no small feat, man. He went and took this stuff. He did this thing. I'm proud of you, son. Yeah. Um, and hopefully he will be a rattler. Come next year, uh, we're doing everything we can, uh, working very closely with him uh, on testing and things like that. Um, and and it's tough. You know, it was always tough for him because of the fact that he was born deaf. Um, but Walter has overcome a lot. People said that he couldn't do these things. He wouldn't be able to talk till he was seven, but he learned how to read when he was three. All right. You know what I mean? Oratorical contest when he was five, winning oratorical contest starting at the age of five. You know, that that's, you know... That's my main man. And that's he my speaks main so man. well today, oh, to this man. day. <laughs> oh, man. Let me tell you. Hey, Walt, we love you, son. We love you. Um, you got a bright future ahead of you, son. And everybody's rooting for you. We're letting you know that right here on the Sunday Forum. Um, hey, listen. Another thing that's going on right now is the Omega Psi Fire Fraternity Conclave is taking place in Charlotte, North Carolina right now. And for all the bros out there right now, listen, we are very, very, uh, 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 we're looking out for you. We're proud of you. And, uh, hey, listen, we're going to celebrate that by playing one of our favorites, George Clinton, who was newly uh, initiated brother of Omega Sci-Fi, Atomic Dog, right here on the Sunday Forum. Hey, man, we love you right here on the Sunday Forum. This is always a place for Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated right here on WMNF 88.5. This is a home base for the bros of Omega Sci-Fi. The Q's. Arr, 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 arr. All right. Root to all the good bros right here on the Sunday Forum. Hey! 
Side Five Fraternity Incorporated up there in Charlotte, North Carolina at the Clay. Hey, man, be safe up there, man. Be safe. Bros, man, we want to see you come back. We need you. We need you. We need you. Uh, we run all types of government agencies, and we need you back so we can run these government agencies properly, man. Only the Qs can do it right. So come on back and let's do it, baby. Hey, take care of yourselves up there in Charlotte, and come on back home to us, bros. Root. All right. So it is 20 minutes, 20 minutes after the hour of 9 a.m. And we're in studio with brother Jim Shirk. How you doing, Jim? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me in. All right, all right, all right. Mabini was back there. Yeah. He, he, he was moving, boy. He's moving. Yeah. <laughs> and Miko was just sitting there staring at the screen. No, I'm, I'm well, I'm... Well, I thought you. Were- <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. You know I mess with you. Hey, listen, we we are we're glad to have you back. Call in eight one three two three nine nine six six three here on the Sunday Forum. We are we are man, we are fit to be tired about this issue of coal ash, and and I'm I'm going hard on it, Jim. Oh, good. Uh, somebody's got to go after this thing because. Um, it's it's too critical for the people in in the neighborhood. I mean, not just the neighborhood, the whole um, eastern side of the bay. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, and potentially other portions as well. Oh yeah. Um, that's the thing about pollution. It doesn't stay where you keep want to keep it. It mm. wants to get out. And uh, and that, parenthetically, that's the reason that we got we're all in this together. Yeah. You, you can't. You can't segregate pollution no you cannot not do that you cannot it does not it does not does not um discriminate you, you can you can make people live near it because i, I was about to say yeah, but it's it's going to get out and it's going to get out and it's going to affect everybody our, our problem is going to be their problem exactly you know one of the things that that uh that I was getting pushback on at one point from within the community was, well, we got more important things to worry about. What's more important than your health? What's more important than the dangers that are there that are always, that are are somehow connected to what we're talking about right now? What's more important than your children's health? Right. I mean, how many many kids have asthma and it's because of environmental conditions? Right. And... I've got, I've got friends who are total athletes. I mean, they're stars, but you know, they're 
they have asthma attacks. They can't, you know, they can't perform at their at their at their Repeat. level. God. Imagine, I mean, put it this way: we have. I've always said this, and I'm going to keep saying it until we get it. Seventy-five percent, according to the New York Times and other publications as well, um, and all data that's out there, seventy-five percent of Black families live near industrialized operations that create hazardous waste. Yeah, and you know the, there are people who say, "Well, gee, it's really colorblind." They're, you know, the, they put these things where the land is uh, affordable. Well, you know, why is it affordable? Redlining, um, right. uh, discrimination. Um, you know, you know. They say, okay, well, you know, we're gonna, um, but that's ignoring the fact that there was deliberate policy back in the in the seventies, eighties, and nineties to run interstates right through any uh, any black neighborhood. Right, right. That was policy. Is right. Yeah. Speaking of which, let me let me take a step back. I I knew there was something that I meant to mention. I knew it was something I meant to mention, and that was the atrocious, the atrocious uh, scene that we saw this past week with the uh, with the Nazis, the people going out there um, at the convention center with, the, with those Nazi signs and SS signs. That to me, let me tell you something, folks. I'm, I'm just going to take a moment, and I'm going to make sure I, I point this out to everybody out there. If you think for one damn instant that it's okay to walk around here with a Confederate flag, number one, just a Confederate flag alone, number one, you're crazy. You're, you're not just, you're absolutely out of your mind. It, what a contradiction. What a contradiction. However, we know the American flag. We get it. We get it. Uh, you know, uh, but no, 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 no. They stand for basically, you know, <laughs> Historically, for us anyway, they're still basically the same thing, right? The oppression and so forth. But if you think for one instant that that's okay, my grandfather, both of my grandfathers fought for this country, right? Both of them did, hoping for something better, right? My father fought for this country. My uncles fought for this country. My oldest brother put his life on the line on more occasions than than we like to than he'd ever have to admit because he can't even tell you half the stuff that he's had to do. I mean, and for them to come home and see this type of thing is ridiculous. You know, we fought against these dudes. Hey, we fought against them. But to hang a flag and call yourself a neo-fascist oh. means that you have been in solidarity. With these neo-fascists, oh the, the Nazis, all along, there was always some support in this country, and for them to raise a flag all these decades later showed that that support never waned. Yeah, um, but they, you, um, this is Jim Shirk. Another thing, though, is that um, these people are all supporting Putin as well, and you know, it's right mm -hmm. now we're in a war of democracy versus totalitarianism, yeah, and absolutely. and. To see uh, U.S. congressmen supporting Putin is like looking at American congressmen supporting Hitler. It's, you know, these people, I mean, Putin's, Putin's uh, thugs are raping and pillaging and murdering civilians in Ukraine right now. And anybody that, tr that tries to give them a pass and say, oh, well, we worry about NATO on their borders. Well, tough bananas, brother. Mm -hmm. um, the reason the NATO was there was because of his uh, attempt to get, um, because of his annexing the Crimea, because of his um, incursions in the Donbass, because of his um, incursions in Georgia. People, you know, they were saying, well, you know, this guy's going to keep doing this unless we fight back. Right. And now people are saying, oh, that he's invading because we fought back. Well, gee, <laughs> um, you know, that's that's like uh, people, have bought, uh, you know, uh, Apologizing for somebody who's, who's abusing their wife, um, right. it's it's like oh you know if she hadn't fought back he wouldn't have killed her. Um, this just you know it's the same mindset. It's it's okay I uh, I have rights you don't have rights goodbye. Right. Um, and, and and to see that Nazi flag to see the Confederate flag, um, 
the yeah. Confederates have, have taken a pass for you know for the last hundred years, and it's time that 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 flag is the flag of treason. And um, I got I got put in Facebook jail for advocating violence against uh, uh, Confederate generals. <laughs> yeah. there, there's, there's, I don't see how the hell Facebook has funny. That's that's funny to me. How they how they how they do that? Yeah, and and you know it's it's like it's not like I could be effectively. Um, do anything bad to a Confederate general that time hasn't already done, but for some reason it put me in Facebook jail. Wow. Mm. I just want to let you know that we have a caller on the Let's line. get to the caller. Caller, welcome to the Sunday Forum. Oh, hold on. <laughs> okay. Oh, sorry. Dude. Caller, you're on air. Now, uh, yeah, hey, how y'all doing today? All right, all right. How you doing? I'm doing fine. All right. Fine. I'm in my AKA bully disguise today. Hey, what's going on, man? You're kind of, kind of muffled, so I got... Okay, so now I know who it is. What's going on? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. My brother is at the Omega Sci-Fi convention in... Uh, in, in Charlotte. Uh, yeah. He, he did the Omega Sci-Fi convention in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. So I wanted to... to, 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 to I hollered at him today. <laughs> you know, he... And my son-in-law is there too, so you know that's that's I guess they 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 didn't know they didn't learn anything about Cap Alpha Psi. Like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They were blocked they from that. <laughs> they decided to scray. You know, they bow wow wow yippee yo. But anyway, <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to, you. You said something was so touching. You know, when you talk about fighting for this country. You know, my parents. Like I said, my family. From Panama, man. Okay, and Barbados and stuff, and Cuba. And my 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 family. I got family members that fought for this country and were even citizens. You know, my um, <laughs> so really, and fought in Vietnam too. <laughs> weren't even citizens. Right. How that came about? What people don't understand is what I had one family member come to this country. Back in 1965, okay, and uh, they arrived here, and this guy he was 18, all right, and he decided, and he didn't realize when you're 18, you had to sign up for the draft, no matter what at that time. And so, about a year went by, he didn't sign up, but he found out through my dad that he had to sign up for this draft, and he said, "Well, I'm not, I'm the Panamanian." Uh, you got to go there. He went down there. And then, uh, I guess we, get, we didn't hear from him for a while. But anyways, found out maybe about 12 weeks later, he's in Vietnam. You know? Oh, wow. And it did all happen in that season. Wow. But again, people don't realize there are people who, my folks from Barbados came to, went to Panama to build, build the Panama, to build the Panama Canal for the United States of America and lived under apartheid under the uh, canal zone rules that people don't know don't you know about that one in terms of how the canal zone operated it operated under u.s segregation except down is after it operated as gold and silver system uh, uh that's what they called it and so uh and people and the people there weren't even citizens of the united states and so when we talk about uh, the Confederate flag and we see this treasonous, you know, those who have come to this country, you know, I'm a citizen. I was born here. My mother had gotten, my mother and father got here 30 days before, you know, in January of 1951. I was born maybe 30 days, I mean, 30 days later in March. And so when people, when I see this, these folks running around here, uh, uh, storming the Capitol, uh, um, despite all the stuff that goes on in this country, supporting uh, Putin, uh, espousing the virtues of, of Hitler. And here goes the key, okay? These are elected officials, and these guys have not been punished. They are still in office. Even with even when folks were even with the Confederacy, they were punished. They could not be elected to come back to, to office and stuff. We didn't shoot, unfortunately, we didn't shoot any of these Confederate generals and stuff. But these guys bore armed against the Constitution of the United States. And how can you serve in this 
Senate and this House, and you have bore arms against the Constitution of the United States, and you've killed police officers. Okay? How does that happen and not be in, right on TV? All right? This, and, and then continue with the insurrection just yesterday. Uh, our, our, our former number 45, just yesterday, last night here in Tampa, said that he won the election uh, twice. And stuff. So he is not even conceded the crazy man dictated as as he's dictating he's operating as a second government in this country, and he has to fly around and not been. I mean, come on, you know. And in most countries, are used to shoot people when they for treason and stuff, or 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 insurrection and stuff. But they don't do that anymore and stuff. So well, let me just say. I, I can tell you right now, it's, it's, it's so what... It's disturbing, man. It is disturbing, brother. And that's, you know, that's what's, that's what's really troubling that you would bring. And then you want to come back and reinstate apartheid back in this country. Come on. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's, that's and, you know, I, I've I've seen, you know, I lived under apartheid for a while. So I, I, right. I, I know what that's like um, right. to see this, you know, now is is sickening. What what's worse is you know we we have these environmental we were just talking about the environmental right. issues here exactly. and and that that is a that the first time that I saw that really it very clearly was during apartheid right. and um and 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 what we're gonna what we're gonna you know it was it was difficult for me to put it all together right but I I took it in 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 parts and I was in Soweto and I remember being in, in the Southwest Township and I was a college student at this point and I'm looking over this this area and in this area I see where the 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 trash is being dumped refuse all this stuff is being dumped in the black townships from everywhere else all the carbon emissions were coming out of the black townships while the clean stuff was going to uh, the white side of town and black people were still using wood and coal just to fuel their own homes. That was, you know, that was, electricity was something that was rare. So they had one pole, they run it off one pole and run it through an entire segment of the township. That's what these people were living under. Now, I get home, you talk about energy equity, I get home and so not only are these people dying of of poison and carcinogens because of the colliery mines, they're going to, I, I worked in the colliery mine. I came up to I'll never forget my first day in the colliery mine coming up and I'm talking and black dust coming out of my mouth because the stuff is in my lungs from being down in the ground so long. That that you know, that's that's mining. So imagine imagine if you're around it all the time. And you got to, you know, you breathing this stuff and you don't even know this in your system. These people don't even know that they are targets. The people in progress really have no idea how how targeted they are right now. They've been targeted twice. They were moved there because of I-4. Yeah. Yes. Unbelievable. Only three times because Mosaic's hit them. So moved because of I-4. Green line, a uh, red line. Mosaic hits them. Gyp stacks. Breathing all that crap in. Then you got, uh, now you have coal ash ponds and coal ash and coal being burned and gas being, being burned. Not to mention the problems that go along when they do the operations for the gas, the fracking for the gas. They're, you, they're going into poor neighborhoods and poor communities and near there, and that's where they do the fracking poisoning their 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 water systems and their air right there. The ground, the water, everything is done. It's poison. That's it. There's nothing that can be done. It's done. Well, I call it fracking because it, it's stuck right there in the fractures of the limestone formations where the water, the water they drink is right there. I'm like, wow. You know, and, and it doesn't matter to them. It doesn't matter. Because they're moving on and you're staying here. Yeah. And and you can't do anything about it, right? 
right? You can't do anything about it. We vote for these people every year. We vote for these people every year. And we keep getting the same results, right? That means we're not voting, number one. But it also means that we're not saying anything. And, and it also means that we're not putting what they call white paper out there and making policy that changes the way things are happening in our communities. And we're not doing that. We're doing nothing. The, all that, my, I stopped going to MLK Day parades. I stopped going. And I have no problem saying that. The reason I stopped going was not out of disrespect for Dr. King. I think Dr. King would probably appreciate it more, the fact that I work on those days, than the fact that I don't, the, the, you know, than if I didn't work on those days. Because I'm sitting there and I'm watching this happen. I'm sitting there working on ways to resolve some of these issues, man. I ain't got time to sit up there and be and not do something. I got more years, I got more bits behind me than I do ahead of me. I mean, like, dang, come on, man. What what are we what are we doing right now? What are we doing? When our, our neighborhoods stay the same, and when white people come in, they can change they can change the neighborhood easily. Right? What what are, what are we doing right now? What are we doing to ourselves? Jim? Well, it's, uh, you know, it, it, I hate to say this, but Martin Luther King would, uh, my opinion, I think he would be, you know, he'd be weeping if he saw the way that people have co-opted his message because he was, um, uh, he, had an he had an economic justice message as well as a racial justice message and that uh, everybody wants to ignore the, uh, the economic justice issue, which is, to me, the center part of the equation because... You've got, you know, if you, if you can't direct your own energy and, you're, and you don't have money to direct, then you're at the mercy of other people. And that's exactly where we are now. And we don't want that. Uh, one of the worst things I hate, and thank you so much for coming in, Jim. Uh, our, our next guests have come in, and we're glad to have you here with us, brother. But let, let me just say this. I posted on my, on my Facebook page a very rare, um, a very rare interview with, Dr. King on on a TV show back in the day called Timeline, which was done two years after, in 1957, done two years after the bus boycott, which was in 1955, which was when Dr. King got national attention in 1955 because of the Montgomery boycott. And let me just tell you, I was, he said something that was very, very important. It's something that the brothers of Omega Sci-Fi use all the time, and that is the point, we don't want the lukewarm brothers. We don't. We, we're very careful about this type of thing because it's a movement. What we do, what we do, anytime, anytime we do anything, is is because it's because everybody's thoroughly immersed. Lukewarm. We ain't got time for lukewarm people, right? And so you have these people. He was talking about these these people who were calling themselves allies, who were um, who were white, who were saying, oh. Well, let time take its course. You know, let's wait for it to happen. And uh, no, why should I have to wait for anything? I don't have to wait for anything. You're not going to give it to me. You know, I'm not. I'm not looking for you to give it to me. I'm just going to take it. I'm going to make. I'm going to make my way. You know, and that's the importance of these two brothers that are coming in right now. I, I, I'm, I'm very glad to see them. Uh, my man Jamal. Chapman, attorney Jamal Chapman. Jamal, what's going on, man? Hey, how you doing there, brother? Doing good. I can't complain. <laughs> Happy Sunday morning. Glad to have you, man. Who was this you brought into my studio, man? Oh, this is the man. Let's say the myth, the legend. This is Mr. Ronnie McCullough. Ronnie, how you doing, man? All is well, sir. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. Thanks for having me this morning. Hey, man, I'm yeah. glad to have you guys, man. Glad to have yeah. you guys. Listen, yeah. um, we have a we we have a real issue. In education, right? Yeah. Serious issue with education. Uh, serious issue with our kids. And you guys are taking a step up. Well, Mr. Mr. McCullough's taking a step up. I'm, I just kind of came along and, you know, <laughs> and tried to assist. You know, he, he's like he's like Jordan. I just I got got on the team and able to help out. You know, so Let, um, let's get everybody to rotate. Let's get everybody to rotate real quick. Okay, and and, and let's 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 do this. Jim doesn't mean that you that you you get out of here because we need to hear from you. 
But this, this, because there's some, there's some things that are, that are, uh, that cross over in this discussion. I think, right? Um, right, man. I'm glad to have you here with us, man. Glad to have you with us. So, wave to everybody on on Facebook there. All right. So, Ryan McCullough, man, tell us about yourself first of all. Okay, I'm a little about me. Um, I'm a Tampa native. I'm born and raised here. Went to the local schools here. Um. Hillsborough County mm-hmm. was blessed um, as a highly touted athlete. I had a um, great opportunity to go and further my education through um, collegiate scholarships. Um, I had a chance to go around and see the world and actually do what I love to do and play sports. I returned back to Tampa after um, a brief stint with the Bucks and going over to Canada for a while. I came back and um, began to teach school. Um, I taught adult ed and underage GED for about five or six years to Hillsborough County Public Schools was also an insurance agent, but um, I was just attracted to, uh, I had a passion for helping students, and helping kids, helping youth. So I started with doing a, um, started training some of the athletes at some of the high schools. I was like, oh man, coaches back in town, let's train. You know, so I went to train those kids every Sunday. We started with about seven students. It went to 14, 21, before you know it, 100 or so students coming every Sunday for athletic training and workouts. Um, being a former athlete and realizing only 1% of those students were actually making the sports, I want to figure what can we do to ensure that our students are prepared for the game of life. So we started adding the various components, the financial literacy courses for those students that have financial issues and couldn't save. Um, the health and nutrition program was added because the students wanted to go to college, um, but they didn't understand the proper eating the fuel for the body for training. SAT prep, et cetera, all those things just start coming in as different students start coming to the table and it's just um, snowballed into a full-fledged nonprofit organization where we service now over um, 13,000 students in the last 10 years, and we served about 800 students a day last um, last school year. What is the, you know, with, with the onset of COVID, we saw a lot of people took took COVID and, and it was it's a disaster. It's a disaster. Let's, let's just call it what it was. Absolutely. Right? When it happened to me, I mean, well, it happened to me, it happened to everybody. But yeah, I was in a situation <laughs> where, I mean, you got kids and then you at home and can't nobody go nowhere. Yeah. It was a situation. I'm telling you, man. And and, I, and and what blew me back was the fact that um as much as we spoke of it, as much as we as we talked about the problems with regard to um education uh, one, or, or any disaster, when any disaster takes place, the one of the main things that hits is the educational front, right? So our kids were not eating. Right, they weren't eating breakfast. They weren't eating lunch. Why? Because the only lunch, only meal they usually get is at school. When school shut down because of COVID, mm-hmm. we had a problem. Right, yeah. so we had to wait for these things to be resolved. Mm-hmm. Now, that meant that we had to depend on somebody or something, an entity, to do something for us with regard to our children and our communities. That's a problem I, I see. That's a problem that I see. Now, one of the things that, one of the reasons that I am not opposed to, and, 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 and I'm kind of stealing your thunder here a little bit, but, but one of the reasons I've, I've never been opposed to certain charter schools is the fact that I've, I've worked at them before, number one. But number two is because my own son, who was, who was hard of hearing, had to go to charter school and went because the public school was not cutting, didn't have the resources for him, right? And they were failing other kids as well. We saw what was happening outright because of lack of resources. Privatized situations or charter situations seemed to be way better because they were more focused in on addressing or attacking a particular issue, a particular point, right? That's important. That's important to me. So now, having said that, let's go forward. Tell us what, you, what you're here to talk with us about, right? Well, we're here now to just, to piggyback and off what you said, it's just to balance the playing field. And we want to give our youth a solid foundation. Um, we want to change the narrative and what they're seeing every day on a day-to-day basis and give them opportunity to um, be surrounded by relatable, positive, relatable influence, 
positive, positive, relatable influencers. Those that look like them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they're receptive to and they're willing to listen and follow. So just putting those individuals in front of them that they will listen and they will follow and therefore we can um, ensure they're successful. Okay, all right. So the focal point, what's the focal point of, of, the, of the charter school? Well, for one, it will, it will be faith-based. So G3 stands for giving God the glory, in which I think that's one of the major issues with society right now is there's no there's no um, spirituality inside the school. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can't pray, you can't do those things. And then in our community, you think, look back over history, the black community was born and raised through the church. Right. Um, those things aren't happening now. And as you see, it's a direct reflection of how society is. So... For one, want to bring the spirituality back into the schools, uh, back into the um, the lives, into those families. Um, but then we also want to be able to touch them on an ongoing basis. Um, typically, you have programs that happen weekly, and the kids go back into those same toxic environments. Right. So we want to find a way that we can um, have more touch points. You know, whatever is dominant prevails. So the more we touch them, the more we can build um, for their future and assist them along that process. But also ensure there's project-based learning. So the students are the project. Typically, mm-hmm. at the schools. You come into and the school is pretty much already set up. You know, you're in the sixth grade. You're 12 years old. You go to sixth grade. You know, we want to set up where we can assess our students when they come in because you might be 12 years old, but you may be on the ninth grade level, right. or you may be on the on the fourth grade level. So right. whatever that is, you're the project. Would it be project based and focus on you and allow you to work at your pace to get to where you're trying to go? Excellent. Kind of like Montessori. Kind of like Montessori in a manner, in a manner of speaking. But I think so. So there's going to be some challenges. Always there's going to be some challenges. Now, one of the challenges is going to be um, the people who group you in with all the other charter schools and all the other private schools, and they're going to do this right here. When I say do this right, I mean point the finger at you mm-hmm. and say shame, 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 um, because we are creating, there, there, there's a charter school that's being created that's taking resources from public schools. That's what's being said. Um, that's that could be true to a certain extent. However, I think there's a need for all in different areas. Um, and I just look at myself going to some of the inner city schools that I attended, and just looking at some of those schools and school grades now. I mean, some of those school, my elementary school, and I won't name it, was an F school when I was at elementary school. It's an F school today. That was 25, 30 years ago. Same as my middle school. So it's, if, I, if we don't change it, we're expecting these young men and women from first grade to 12th grade who right. failed in school to then go out and be successful adults. And it just doesn't work that way. Right, right, right. We got, we got a big challenge, man. It's a yeah. big challenge. And I, I, think, I think we can do it, you know, with, with some real good support, obviously. Um, we're trying to do a systematic change right now. Right. So we're going to need the support. It can't be done by one team or one group. It's going to take all of us because it's a, it's, it's, it's a societal issue. Okay. Um, we got a call that's coming. Yeah. Call in 813-239-9663. 813-239-9663. We are talking with Ronnie McCullough uh, here on the Sunday Forum regarding G3. It's charter, new, G, new charter school called G3. It actually be a private, um, and the reason why... Okay, private school. private school, yep. Okay, all right. Okay. Um, and a private just um, eliminates some of the strings attached. Um, we're allowed to create our own curriculums. Um, you still have to follow the state guidelines and things of that nature, but we have a little more wiggle room. We want to ensure that we can teach some of this, some right. of this word to these right. students to ensure we are impactful to them. That's right. That's right. Because you can't have a private, you can't do that with charter schools. You're going to do that with, with private schools. So my bad. That, that's that's good. Yes, that's sir. good. That's very good, man. That's very good. Uh, my grandmother used to always say, well, one of the problems is, you know, we took we stopped prayer and everything. My grandmother used to say that all the time. Um, so let's let's go. Um, to the phone call real quick so we can get that in. Caller? Yeah, Uhuru. Uhuru, what's going on, brother? What's going on, brother African? How you doing? All right, man. Man, I, um, I really, I, I, the show kind of going in a different direction than the time I called, and I don't want to disrupt that too much, but I do want to, you know, comment. I think the guy's name was Jim. I wanted to say something briefly about that and, and try to connect it to what we're talking about right now with Mr. McCullough and uh, uh, the attorney on the line. You know, this idea about the Nazi flag and the, the Confederate flag, you know, this, you know as, as if the, the American flag isn't just as 
bad. You know, I mean, it, it was the American flag that, you know, put the, you know, the embargo on the Haitian, you know, our brothers and sisters in Haiti and, you know, uh, in, in Cuba. It's the American flag that, you know, uh, subjected African people to hundreds of years or more of lynching. You know, and talking about uh, these Confederate generals or whatever, it was General George Washington who made his dentures out of uh, indigenous people's teeth. You know, some people say it would, but history books tell us differently. And, you know, so it's the, you know, the colonial uh, American uh, uh, flag has, has, you know, they, and, you know, the Nazi flag and the uh, Confederate flag don't have nothing on the brutality and violence that, you know, the, you know, American flag uh, drips with uh, and, and people fly high, you know, and, and pledge allegiance to all the time. And this idea that, you know, that there's something going on with Russia, some kind of democracy against uh, whatever you say, totalitarianism, that's ridiculous. Ridiculous. The only contest is colonialism versus anti-colonialism. Russia was never involved in colonial slavery like France, like Britain, like Portugal. Russia never did that. As a matter of fact, all the colonial powers right now who are against Russia were the ones who participated in colonial slavery. And that's why they that's why they attacked Russia, because Russia wasn't a part of that. They were trying to get their independence based on another basis other than exploitation. And so I hope that as these brothers move forward with this, what sounds like be a very promising private school that we teach history uh not not just you know not not just mythology that's for so long past as history in our society but but teach real history not uh critical race theory i don't know i don't even know what that is just teach, teach the truth teach history talk about you know colonialism versus anti-colonialism and the importance uh of the struggle against colonial domination and and our children they can see our children will be able to see hope then but as long as uh, our hope is limited to this glass ceiling put on by this uh, American flag and white people who love us. Uh, it, it's going to look hopeless, as hopeless as it has for uh, all these years. I appreciate you allowing me to share, and I look forward to hearing some, uh, you know, some comments and response. So, Uhuru. All right, Uhuru, brother African. All right, all right. All right, brother African. Jim. Hi. Um, thank you very much for calling in and, and sharing your views. Um, as far as the, uh, the Russians and slavery goes, um, Russia had served them after the United States had outlawed slavery. And as ineffective as that outlawing was because of Jim Crow laws, uh, Russia had served them. And in serfdom, it was not quite slavery because the people were tied to the land. They couldn't move. They had to live and work the 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 villages they were in they had to work the farms and they were they were effectively owned by the large landowners and the the boyars who were the the, the nobility and uh to say that they didn't have a slavery they had internal slavery that was pretty pretty seriously stringent um the main thing is that these um the idea is that whether or not you respect people's boundaries or you don't it's we can draw a line from the the Supreme Court knocking down Roe v. Wade all the way to slavery because when when you're forcing a woman to have a baby that she doesn't want to have, that's involuntary servitude, and you you know it's it's just it's the same sort of thing. You are you're entitled to your bodily integrity to your own self, and any form of restraining that is a form of slavery. Sometimes it's sugar-coated a little bit, but it's, it's absolutely wrong, and uh, we should be fighting that at every level we can. And one, one fighting level is to get rid of those, those flags of treason and flags of uh, subjugation of people. Uh, the Nazi flag is a good example. The Confederate flag is an even better example. It's, it's the flag of treason. Thank you. Right, right, and, and to be to be clear, he was referring. He said colonial slavery, Colo referred to colonial slavery. Got but it. Point, but point made. Point made. Um, guys. Oh yeah. Um. Well, it's this is Jamal Chapman, by the way. Yes, sir. The one. Uh, one. It, it is interesting, you know, because we do have a, a storied history here in America. Thank the caller for calling in with that, and you know that's the importance of when, especially, it comes to teaching our own community about the history and that's where the importance of uh, people like Mr. McCullen G3 come in at and then um, you know uh, a big thing also um, how I got connected with G3 and whatnot is is that 
Um, I would talk to here and there, talk to some of the the kids in the after school program. And a, a big thing with G3 is the ability to collaborate and connect with professionals and of all types in the community in the area. So I'm an attorney, you know, people can, the children can come, you know, have interaction with doctors, attorneys, plumbers, welders, um, any t- entrepreneurs, you know, any type of field and whatnot, they have that ability to learn. And then a, a big importance is the civics aspect in terms of people understanding how the government works. I mean, you know, the ability to learn that as a, a young teenager, 12, 13, and then actually apply some of that in the real world, how the government works, how bank account works, finances. So it's essentially, a lot of our schools right now, traditional schools in a sense, are they're teaching you, teaching you, teaching you, but there is no apply this to the real world situation. And that's what a school like G3 enables people to do. You know, what, where is G3 going to be located? Or where is it located? It is being East Tampa. Um, it'll be off Cumberland. That's mm-hmm. off of 50th and Cumberland. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you guys the exact address. It's 5001 Cumberland Drive. That's Tampa, Florida, 33617. One more time, one more time. It's 5001 Cumberland Drive, Tampa, Florida, 33617. That's in East Tampa for Landmarks. That's near 50th and Puritan. We'll be partnering with AME Bethel Church to use the facilities there. Um, we're looking to take about up to 60 students. So looking to be small, smaller classrooms, but just looking to ensure that our kids get the proper history and the proper lesson that they need to be taught. Okay. Oh, right. And real quick, uh, Ronnie, how can people um, register for the school with parents of the children? Oh, yes. Go to www.theg3academy.org. Once again, that's theg3academy.org. In addition, reach us on social media at G3 Life Apps. That's G3 L I F E A P P S. All right, all right. Hey, we're going to be talking about this for a little bit um, here on the Sunday Forum. So we'll be letting people know about where G3 is and everything like that. So that's very important. Ronnie, thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me. Jamal, thanks, man. Yes, sir. Brother Jim Shirt, always glad to have you. Thank you, brother. All right, all right. Hey, folks, listen. Um, we're going to go out um, listening to the words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, dealing with the issue of lukewarm allies. We don't need any of them. So we want to play that right here as we go out on the Sunday Forum. And as always, from my voice to the radio waves, to the hearts and the minds of the people, we love you. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it here on the Sunday Forum. Peace to everybody out there. Be safe. Post Martin Who Nanny is next. Keep it tuned to WMF Tampa. Live from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. California's governor has declared a state of emergency in Mariposa County where a fast-moving wildfire near Yosemite National Park has forced more than 6,000 residents from their homes. Mike Heenan.